Hello, this is Annie Catherine, host of the multi-award-winning podcast, Soulful Series. Thank you for joining me as I chat with award-winning authors who have written a memoir or nonfiction motivational book and have an uplifting message to share. Hi, everyone. I am here with Cynthia James. She has written the book, Does My Voice Matter? Welcome, Cynthia. Oh, I'm so happy to be here with you, Annie. I am so excited to talk to you. I look at all my tabs. I just, you have so many nuggets of wisdom in here. I, I honestly, I'm just going to keep going back to this book because I love it. And I was so impressed with the life you are living. I mean, oh my gosh, you started out as a flight attendant and then you were Miss Minnesota Universe 1973. You were a star search winner, which by the way, I used to watch with my grandparents, a Vegas showgirl, Hollywood actress, a model, a singer, a businesswoman, a talk show host, a best-selling author, inspirational speaker, minister, and transformational coach. Oh my gosh, and I'm probably missing some things in there. But I was blown away by everything you accomplished in your life. And and it's almost like you're just you're just writing and like, oh my did this, I did this. And I'm thinking, this is incredible. <laughs> Gosh, and I'm so honored that you're on my show. You, you well, just I'm lived- happy to be with you, and I'm so glad you liked the book. It was definitely a labor of love. Yes, it, and you've written other books too. So, mm-hmm. so what number is this? Four or this is five. This is five. five. Okay, now I need to go back and read your other ones. <laughs> <laughs> so, why don't you tell me what inspired you to write this one? You know, well, there were two aspects to it. One is watching what was happening on the planet with people feeling disenfranchised, like they didn't have a voice, like they couldn't stand up for themselves, like they were powerless, you know, uh, and, and that was in all categories. That was politically, that was gender, you know, that was race. I mean, it was like watching and then all the clients that I was serving were coming in saying, you know, I, I don't have my voice in in my leadership role or in this organization. And so that was there. But the other part was that I've spent all these decades really tapping into my authenticity and my voice and what a journey that was for me. You know, I thought, well, if, you know, if I could get to this point, then maybe I, my journey could help other people to understand that their voices matter. Yes, yes. And I just love that you brought that up where people are thinking that they're not being heard, but you have mastered this and you have been able to look at the signs in your life and listen to your inner voice and just follow it. And I just, I I find that amazing because every day I'm sure we are getting voices in our head to tell us, but how did you know what voice to follow? Like, how did you understand? So this is a really good question. And I actually, I teach, uh, uh, co-teach a class at a university here. And we were having this conversation last night. It's like the difference between intrusive thought and intuitive thought. And intrusive thought is, 
you know, it's often repetitive. It comes in negative. I mean, it, it, it makes you question. It makes you go and it, it, it can actually support your behavior and being unconscious. But intuition is an opening of the body, an opening of the heart, an opening of the mind. It really leads you into uh, extraordinary things. Now, you can have an intuition, a, a calling, intuitive calling, and there will be a little nervousness. That's different than intrusive thought because excitement goes with it. Yes. And and uh, I mean, I don't know how your series started, but I, I will bet you that there was something calling you and this excitement, even though you may or may not have known how to do it. Yes. Yes, that is true. I There was definite excitement but and nervousness too. Mm-hmm. I was very nervous to start it. So yes, you hit that on the head. Yeah, because I often wonder, you know, which, which th- thoughts should I follow? But if I just pay attention to which ones I can feel deeply and in my soul. And so I, one thing, one part of your book that I loved was when you found your home in Colorado. (laughs) Oh, can you just recount that experience? Because I, I just think there is no denying that you had to be there. Yeah. You know, I was invited to work here and my husband, um, I was taking exams. And so he came to Colorado and said, I, you know, wanted me to get on a plane because he found this house and it just gone on the market. And he's like, we don't want to lose it. And I'm like, well, I'm taking exams. I can't get on a plane. Right. And so, and so we made an offer to this person that seemed ridiculous, but my intuition told me, said, offer the person $5,000 to hold the space for the, the week while I finish my exams and then I'll come. And then, but if I don't like it, he's got to give the money back. And my husband said, he is not going to do that, but he did, you know, he yeah. did. And I came and, you know, we got off the plane and it was warm. And then we drove up into the mountains because we live about 50 minutes outside of Denver and it was cooler. And I don't like to be cold. That was the first thing. But then the man had given us permission to kind of walk the property, but I got to the top of the property and I thought, oh, something came over me. It was, it was really scary, but I mean, I, it wasn't about being afraid of living on the land. It was something else. And so we went back to the hotel and I could not sleep all night. I kept hearing in my head, you're to take care of the land. You're to take care of the land. And I'm like, I'm a city girl. I don't know anything about taking care of the land. Right. And so I got back into bed. I mean, I was trying to do yoga and all this other stuff. And I said to my husband, I cannot, I cannot say yes to this for you, even though you love it. And so we both kind of got emotional and held each other. And we got here and I walked in the house and he said, don't look at the decorations because it was definitely decorated real mountainy, which I'm not. (laughs) So he said, we can redecorate. But the house felt good. And there was a sunroom that felt great. And so my husband and the owner they were madly in love and he was down there with the horses. And so the woman who was real estate said, walk with me through through the property, which was a really great idea. I walked and it was wonderful. And we got to the bottom and there's four acres of horse property there. And so we walked out into the meadow and literally, I mean, when I describe it, it's like hard to believe because it was, it was like I was looking at a movie where you could see waves of energy coming towards you. And this, this energy came and it went over me. And this voice said, you're home. And I started crying 
My husband didn't know what was happening. The real estate lady's hugging me. But it was so clear that my fear had been that this was so expansive. This was so much bigger than I had been before and that the universe was asking you to step into it, not just in our land, but in my life. Yeah, that is incredible. And and I wish that everybody could experience that like divine intervention right away. So, you know, you're just like struck and you know, and that is Wow. That is just a great experience. And I am so glad you recounted that because I, I actually teared up when I was reading that part of your book. Mm-hmm. I, it, I was really overcome with emotion because I could really feel that for you as I was reading it. So talk to me about this whole new thought. Are you still uh, practicing the new thought philosophy? I am. I'm. I'm not. I am an ordained minister, but I'm not okay. in a, a a pulpit at all. Yeah. Um, for new new thought for me is really about being open at the top, being being available to expanded consciousness and and love of self and love of humanity. And so yeah. so it's not about religion. It's about being spiritual, being connected to your divinity, being connected to whether you call it God, universe, spirit, doesn't matter what you call it, that you're connected to that and that, and that you realize that you live in a field of possibility and potentiality that's infinite. And that when you can tap into that, you can move into manifestation in ways you never thought of before. Yes. Yes. So you are you still using the principles of new thought in your daily life? Absolutely. I have a 45-minute spiritual practice that's non-negotiable. I I I pray, I meditate, I journal, I read um um because that for me is how I open my my intellectual and emotional and spiritual fields to yes. get what's coming for me. And I always set an intention for the day and, and, and ask to be guided, you know, beyond what I think, because, you know, I'm, I'm going to live at this level of my thinking, but the universe is much larger. That's good advice. That is good advice. I have to stop my mind and sit down and actually try to do that. I, I, you know, talk about being told that I need to do that for so many signs that I need to sit down and meditate. You think I would do it by now? But I, I don't know what is stopping me, but I just have to sit and be quiet and, and just do what you're saying. And I don't know what's going to take for me to do that, but I am being called to it. Yeah, but you know what? It Maybe it doesn't look like you just sitting, you know, dropping into a meditative state. You know, yeah. there are guided meditations. There are, yeah. there's Tai Chi. There's all kinds of different things that you can use sure. to open that feel for you. And yeah. let me just say this, your mind will not, you can't shut your mind down. That's its job yeah. is to be busy. But what yes. you can do is breathe enough and get still enough that it begins to quiet itself. And that yes. takes practice. But I started with, you know, three minutes of meditation and I'd be looking at the, the watch going, <laughs> is it time up yet? You know, yes. and then I learned different techniques. There's, there's all kinds of techniques. You know, some people meditate while they're hiking, you know, yeah. uh, so finding what works for you to help you get to your center where you feel calm. Yes. Yes. And everybody is different. You're right. So what works for you might not work for me or someone else. So, so your book, I loved how you go through the decades 
in the beginning of each chapter. So can you talk about why you decided to include the current events for the decades? Yeah. So I, as I was writing the book, I started realizing how the culture and what was happening in the culture was impacting me, the way I was thinking, the way I was behaving, the, the ways I was changing. And then I started thinking, you know, that that's true for all of us. It, you know, it, it, in our lives, whatever's going on in the culture is impacting us. You know, I mean, this culture right now between pandemic and political unrest and people in the streets and LGBTQ challenges. I mean, it's, you know, it's impacting all of us. And yeah. so the thing is, I wanted people to know this is what was happening in this decade. Some people are old enough to remember. Some will be like, what is she talking about? <laughs> but but it's like this was happening and if you look at what my life was doing, it was mirroring what was happening. And I and I had to learn to make choices. And so I wanted people to know that whatever is happening in the culture, you can learn to make choices for your health and your well-being. Yes. Yes, I love that. And then at the end of each chapter, you have exercises. So how did you know? Now, did the exercise correlate with the decade as well? Yeah, with what I learned, you know, what I was yeah. learning in that decade. But here's the thing, you know, I'm a um, interactive person. It's like, I can sit and listen to you talk, but I want to know how do I use that for me? <laughs> I, want, I want to know that. And so I wanted my reader, the people who are the readers who, who, who are like that to go, okay, now she did all this, now what? And then it's like, try this exercise Try it and see if it fits, you know, not all the exercises will, but try it and see if it fits, you know, especially if you are in the journey of trying to discover your energy, your voice, you know, because your voice isn't just about the sound, it's about your full expression. So how do you tap into that? And that's what I wanted to give people tools to just yeah. explore so that they could move into that space for themselves and feel really like they've stepped into the greatness. Yes. Yes. So do you use this book in your um, transformational coach practice? Um, or what do you, what, what kind of things do you do and talk about it, about your practice? Yeah, I am. Um, I just did a seven week course for an organization called the shift network um, okay. where uh, I did, uh, we did, we, we actually did seven weeks. We did, we did the chapters of the book. Okay. And, um, and I'm going to do, I'm working right now with my team on creating another online class for people to come in and go through the book with me. Okay. Um, um, and the techniques that I give in here, I use for myself, but I also use for my coaches and my clients. I use them, um, in leadership in, in the companies and the team building that I do. And I train coaches in my work and I teach them to do this too, so that they can benefit their clients. Wonderful, wonderful. I know I read through the book and my intention is to go back through the exercises too because I think they're going to be very beneficial to me. So um, so also you have this technique called emotional integration techniques. Can you explain what those are? Yeah, there's – so it's mind-body work actually – you know, whatever has happened to us in our lives is encoded in our bodies and it's informing how we think and feel 
consciously or unconsciously. And so what I wanted to do was to create a technique to help people, my clients get to the place. I always tell clients, I want you to get to the place you don't need me so that you have tools and you have, you have skill sets that can support you. So there's three prongs to emotional integration. It's really to help people get in tune with their emotional states on every level and learn how to make choices. So the first one is inquiry. And it's like, where, where are you in your life? Let's get real. Let's not judge it. This is what's happening. This is what you're experiencing. And then, then introspection is, then we're going to go in. We're going to, we're going to find out what's going on in the body. The body has a language. We're just not taught it. So, you know, where are things living in the body? What's constricted? And how do we find out the messages for that so that we can start to make different choices? And I start giving people tools. And then in integration, the third prong, it's like, now it's like, let's practice. Let's start practicing using those tools so that you can, no matter what's coming up in your life, you know, you can tap into your tool chest to get back to center and to start making conscious choices. I love that. I love that. And I think that is very useful to everyone on the planet because we're all on this journey and something at any given time is affecting us. So you, your clients could be everyone on the planet because people are going through something every single day. Uh, So gosh, I, I really hope that whoever's watching this picks up your book and works through the exercises and contacts you if they need, you know, extra support or to go through your courses. It, gosh, I am so blown away by what you're doing with your life. So in the beginning, I said, look at everything you've accomplished. Now, you said in your book that it was a journey to get where you are, right? So w- what are some of the things that you felt you know, stick out in your head that got you here now? Well, you know, let me just start where I began because I began, you know, with a, you know, uh, alcoholic father and a pedophile stepfather was also a wife beater. And ultimately my mother became a single mom and we were on welfare and um, all of that was happening. But, but there were, when I was a kid, the way in which I survived all that stuff was dreaming. I would dream about this future that made no sense because how the heck was I going to get there? And so that's one of the things I would like to tell the listeners is like, your dreams matter. And it's because some part of you wants to fulfill itself. So for me, it was like, I guess the question within me was, how do I fulfill these dreams? And so I made interesting choices. Sometimes it was like, what was she thinking? Uh, But then I also, because I was a risk taker, I stepped into places that opened the field of possibility for me and manifestation for me. And I just kept following those instincts and that that dream. Because as a kid, I saw myself traveling. I saw myself being on stages. I saw myself recording and being with people, you know, and my family would go, get your head out of the clouds. You know, you're in the welfare line. Thank you very much. But those dreams, I I think, propelled me. And so whatever is going on with you inside, you know, pay attention to it because it means some part of you is trying to say, ooh, 
there's something available for you. There's something possible for you. There's something powerful that's waiting for you. Yes, I love that. I And you are proof that dreams do come true, that if you let go of everybody else's con- preconceived notions of where you should be and listen to yourself, you're going to fulfill your dreams. And I especially loved, oh my gosh, I need to do this. And I have at different parts of in my life, but I need to find where I put the last one, the check, the the written check. So you um, wrote out a check. This is, this is incredible for a hundred thousand dollars. Now you had no idea. Okay. I'm just going to write a hundred thousand dollars. It's going to be paid to me and go ahead and tell that story. Well, you know, I was in a, a a spiritual class and they were talking about you have to see it to believe it or something like that. And so I wrote a check to myself for $100,000 from God and I put it up in my bathroom and all of my friends would come to my house and they would go, really, really? <laughs> and so I, I was an actress at the time and I got on a show called Star Search and um and the, the, the goal was to get to win it. You get a hundred thousand dollars. And so I, I, I won seven times in a row, which put me in the semifinals. And, um, and then, um, I got into semifinals and I won. And then I got to the finals and the person I was competing against was the same person that had beat me after my seven wins. And so insecurity came in and all that kind of stuff. And, um, I was working with a coach because it was an acting category and we were working on a scene. And after I did the rehearsal, the producer came over and said, how you doing? I was like, fine. And I was a little surprised because why was he talking to me? He doesn't talk to anybody. And um, he said, how you think you did? I said, oh, great. You know, he said, why do you think you won all those times? I said, oh, because I'm a good actress and I work hard. And he goes, yeah. He said, but you actually won because you you were present in every character and I didn't see you today. Mm-hmm. And I really freaked out. I was like, oh no, is he sabotaging me? Oh, what if I didn't show? I mean, I went through this whole yeah. thing. And so I went back to my dressing room with the woman who was competing for um, singing and we did a little blessing, a little centering, a little prayer. And I said, I am going to take me out there. I am not going to try to prove anything or be obsessed with winning. I'm just going to take me into that space and be the best that I can be. And they handed me a check for a hundred thousand dollars. I won. And all of my friends then were writing themselves checks, you know, but I I wish I had been, you know, Jim Carrey who wrote himself a check for $10 million. (laughs) You know, it's funny. I thought about that too, about, yeah, why don't we, we write bigger checks, but I think if you have to write the check for the amount that you believe you can actually achieve. Yeah. Because like I could write a check for, I don't know, a zillion dollars, a billion dollars. But do I really believe that? And, and, and okay, so maybe I do. Maybe you have to get behind and and really, really believe that that's going to happen. Because otherwise, you're just writing numbers. It's not I don't think it will come true unless you do put something behind it. (laughs) Well, the thing is, it's like, yeah, but I think, I don't know that I believe that I can make, but what I did believe is that if I kept that in front of me, that, that I was going to open a field of manifestation beyond where I was living, which was paycheck to paycheck. Yes. Yes. And I love this whole notion of 
and you mentioned it when you were going through the star search, this whole thing about showing up as your authentic self. And I think that's an important message that you carry throughout your book. Can you talk a little bit about um, why it's important to, to live authentically? I think that we are all unique, unrepeatable energies on this planet. I mean, there's nobody else like us, yeah. you know, not the way we, not our DNA, not our iridology, not our fingerprints, you know, so we, we are unique. And so the thing is, is like when you can tap into that space and you can bring that energy that's you, why would you want to copy anybody else? You know, why would, you, you know, uh, anybody want to try to be Beyonce, you know, yeah. or, you know, or Viola Davis or whoever, right? You know, be you, bring you. Because only you can deliver things to the planet the way you can deliver them. Your gifts and your talents, only you can deliver them that way. And so, so if you can accept who you are, even if it's quirky or people don't get it, or it feels like you're a little outside, it's okay. Yeah. Because what that means is you're here to invent something new, innovate something new, bring something new so that people in your life and in your world can have the blessing of you. I love that. I love that message. It's so true. We each have unique talents and we just have to tap into them. I mean, that's what the, what, that's why we're here. That's um, what the world wants the, and needs of us. So, okay. Another interesting thing I love is because I've done this in my life too. You went by Cindy and then you went by Cynthia. So can we talk about this whole thing about names? Because it's very interesting to me. <laughs> yeah. You know, I actually was in this um, amazing kind of spiritual workshop in Italy, and they talked about the power of the name that you have coming in. And um, but but my family from the time I was born was like Cindy, 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 this, yeah. Cindy, that, you know, and um and the only time my mother called me Cynthia is when I was in trouble. So, um, but, and so Cindy, you know, when I, when I, when I look back on my life, Cindy, you know, is the part of me that's a little shy and she's, you know, um, on high noticing of, you know, is she safe and, and doing things to be a good girl and go buy the book. Cynthia? is is a warrior <laughs> she's she's like step out into the world what do you want to do who do you want to be that kind of thing and so at one point in my life i was cuz people were calling me cindy i yeah. said you know really i need to go back to my original name because there's power in that and yeah. so i i stepped into that and, I, and people were like well i'm used to calling you cindy and i'm like well i'm asking you to grow with me and yeah. so, yes, yeah, Cynthia became, I could feel energetically the difference between yes. Cindy and Cynthia. That's powerful. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, some people do that with nicknames as well. Mm -hmm. They just are feeling it and just go with it. And I, I love how you can discern the difference between your two names. Okay. So where can people like talk more about your work and where people can find out more about you? 
So I, I call myself an emotional integration leadership coach, you know, um, so I work with individuals and I work with teams um, and I, I am also a speaker. I speak at all kinds of events. A, a lot of them are for women, uh, empowering women. Um, and I'm also a singer. I have, um, I've recorded uh, eight um, CDs, some singing, some meditation. And so I'm at CynthiaJames.net. That's my website. And you can find all the things that I'm doing there and sign up for my newsletter. And and um, I take people on pilgrimages, too. So you can find out about where I'm going this year. I'm going to Italy and I'm going to uh, Egypt. So just um, uh, I would love to be in connection with you and support. Uh, and I also have trained a lot of coaches in my work. So if I'm not available, I can recommend somebody that's perfect for you. Wow. Wonderful. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. So if you had um, maybe one or two things you would want readers to take away from your book, um, what would you like to say? You're a masterpiece in the making. There is no one else like you on the planet and you're here for a reason. And so I would say, don't pull back your energy. Don't pull back your light. Don't pull back because you're afraid of anything. There are people that are needing exactly what you have to offer. And if you are withdrawing, you're depriving them of your energy. Stand in who you come here be because you are amazing. Oh my gosh. Now I am crying. Wow. You have such a powerful presence. Woo. <laughs> so I thank you so much, Cynthia, for being with me and uh, share your messages with our listeners. And can you let us know where anyone can find your book? Does my voice matter? It's on Amazon. It's also on Audible. And, um, and, uh, uh, I would love it if you'd read it. I'd love to hear from you. Give it a review. I would, um, uh, I'm very excited about this book because I feel like it was actually a, a, a step of faith for me to be that vulnerable and open my life to people. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thanks again for being here with me today. And I wish you so much more manifestation in your life. <laughs> Thank you, Annie. I'm so happy to be with you and I love what you're doing. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Soulful Series is hosted by me, Annie Catherine. Soulful Series is a Vienna Studios production produced by Vanessa Ferlano. Music by Vanessa Ferlano. Catch you next time. Part of the ACAST community.